We are back for what I'll call a frustrating edition of Cinema Spin. <laughs> frustrating. Hi, Matt. I'm Jason. <laughs> and I'll get into that as we talk about our first movie, which okay. is what, Jason? Uh, it is The Invisible Man um, from uh, 2020. This is part of our ongoing series this time of year to sort of look back on some of the uh, uh, the movies that we didn't get to in 2020 because of the uh, uh, of the plague. So this is uh, early pandemic. Yes, yes. This uh, movie was uh, it came out about a year ago and it, it uh, was sort of cut off um, a few weeks into its release because of the because of the pandemic, uh, but was very successful in that, that time. So, yeah, I think it did did quite well while it was out. Yeah. So, um, OK, here we go. Uh, so uh, this is uh, this is part of the uh, the troubled attempt uh, by Universal to reboot the classic Universal mo- Monsters of the 20th century for the 21st century. Um, so, uh, you know, we had a, a mummy movie, uh, and a, a, I don't know, a Dracula movie. I don't know. There was going to be a Dracula movie. Maybe not, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, cause the Tom Cruise's mummy didn't do that great. But, uh, anyway, no, did not. this is part, this is part of that, pr- that proposed, uh, uh, fr- uh, franchise reboot. So what we have here is we have Elizabeth Moss, uh, playing Cecilia, um, a young woman um, who, in the opening scene, narrowly escapes from her very wealthy but very abusive boyfriend. Um, soon after that, she's uh, trying to sort of uh, put the pieces of her life back together. She's uh, living with a, a, a family friend um, and sort of getting trying to, to sort of get out in the world with the help of her sister. Um, but the paranoid Cecilia can't believe it when she hears that her the, the boyfriend uh, Adrian has killed himself. Um, so she can't believe it, and neither can we, uh, because uh, we've read the title of the movie. <laughs> and, uh, Seems convenient, right? And the the boyfriend is um, and uh, a world renowned optics expert. So uh, we sus pretty quickly, and and so does Cecilia, to her credit, that the uh, boyfriend is is actually faked his death and is actually creeping around somewhere, um, uh, being invisible. Um, so uh, creepy things start happening and she suspects that he's not dead. Um, and uh, what follows is uh, maybe the most horrifying gaslighting that has ever been filmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at points in this movie, uh, we really can't, be- we really can't imagine how it is that she is uh, ever going to get out of this uh, perfect nightmare that he is, con- that he is this the bad boyfriend for all times. Uh, uh, has constructed around poor Cecilia. Um, so, uh, Matt, uh, what do you think? You've made you've made several oblique reference, very mysterious references tonight uh, about your frustrations regarding this movie. So, have at it. What did you think of this movie? Well, hot damn, was this movie hard for me to watch? Okay, the perfect storm of every bullshit distraction that could happen while while watching a two hour film happened during this thing. <laughs> <laughs> my internet went out for five minutes during the middle of the middle of the movie. Yeah. My son was making a hell of a racket in a room adjacent <laughs> to where I watch movies. <laughs> and to make matters worse, I was watching the film on uh, with headphones on to try to eliminate distractions. Mm-hmm. And I inadvertently moved and pulled the, 
the headphones out two or three times during the movie. <laughs> Let me so, ask you this. Do you have a, a jilted ex-girlfriend who's an optics expert? Who might be I do not. Sabotaging your life. <laughs> it was all optics expert. That's pretty vague. <laughs> right. Well. Um, but so I, I'm, I, I feel like the best I can do is, is grade this movie on a pass fail because it's just not fair considering, you know, that's not, that's not the right, uh, the right situation to, crit- to critique a film over. So I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give it a fail. I mean, a pass. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that's kind of a vague review, but uh, um, I enjoyed pieces of this. Um, and again, it's all with the caveat of this horrible experience of watching it. Um, I, I do. I did. You know, Cause it does have pretty good, pretty good reputation so i was mm-hmm. a little disappointed that it didn't come together you know a little more interestingly than i thought it might mm-hmm. um i could have used a little more setup um mm-hmm. in, in the early parts of the film you know maybe a little more setup to uh, establish um the adrian character as the monster that he really is i mean i agree with <clears> that but uh, overall there's some effective uh, scares. Uh, I, I liked the uh, credits with the with the cascading waves and the, you know, mm-hmm. I liked that and uh, I I liked some of the effects and and some of the creepiness because there was a, there's some some well orchestrated scares in this. Not scares, but so much as uh, I don't know what eerie yeah. circumstances. Yeah, definitely creepy. Um, and. Uh, I enjoyed part of that, but I, I, some of it kind of did uh, feel run of the mill after a while to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think um, I, I think I agree with that. I, I generally, I, I really like this movie. Um, but it's well there acted. Is... I mean, you really believe that she's in. I mean, she does a great job of oh, conveying peril and that she is scared of, of Elizabeth Moss is just one of the best best actresses of her generation. Um, she does so well with uh, she, she does so well being both helpless and despair ridden, but at the same time determined. Um, <laughs> right. And she has just so many different shades of that despair. Um, uh, and she, she can, she can take a meltdown. <laughs> she, she, you know, m- m- uh, most actors, you know, to, w- when they go for a full on meltdown, um, uh, it's just you know all or nothing you know they just you know when they go for the meltdown it's just here come all the uv ticks and the little facial cue, you know the little cues and the the, the the screaming and the next veins on the neck and everything but she has so many different subtle shades of that big uh meltdown it's it's uh it, she's really she's really wonderful um and she's yeah, always I, wonderful. She, she's no argument that, for me for me on that on that um the uh uh, so yeah, the, 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 I, I think the f- first half of this movie, uh, is sort of a really slow burn where we sort of gradually, um, we gradually get to where we kind of knew it was going the whole time when, once again, we know what the title of the movie is. Um, but, uh, you know, one of my hesitations in seeing this movie, uh, last year when it came out was that I, I really dreaded that setup. I really dreaded like, Oh, well, I'm just going to know every, you know, I'm just, for the first hour, I'm just going to know, okay, yes, he's invisible. Whoa. I wonder why the, <laughs> the, the knife is floating. He's invisible. Right. 
Uh, but I was really pleasantly surprised how this, uh, how the movie kept uh, finding sort of new ways to present its ideas. Um, and, yeah. and I really like how uh, the movie forefronts the idea that somebody in her situation would be indistinguishable. A normal person in her situation would be indistinguishable from a crazy person. Right. I mean, if this were happening to you, you would have all of the symptoms of, of paranoid uh, schizophrenia. <laughs> Definitely. Right. You would definitely. think there's people in the room. <laughs> you, you would be, uh, you, you would be acting out violently at unexpected times. Uh, so yeah. The, um, and I, I, or I really thought that was clever. Um, so this movie to me felt like what, what should have, what I expected to feel like a movie that that's, you know, uh, felt sort of inspired by a shareholders meeting, um, you know, a PowerPoint at a shareholders meeting or something, uh, uh, felt like the, uh, the, uh, director, um, the director, uh, Lee Wannell, um, uh, he gets a lot of credit on this for, for writing and directing this. Uh, he really took this idea seriously and tried to, uh, uh, come up with a way to make this sort of classic monster, uh, uh, relevant to, uh, our times and take it rather. And what, what, you know, the classic invisible man is really a story about the horrors of technology, but this is, He's turned it into this thing that's a this uh, story that's a lot more personal and a lot more uh, relevant. Um, yeah, go on. One of the things that I liked was once it's established that she knows he's there, right, lurking. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter if he's there all the time anymore or not, right? Because the mm-hmm. damage is done. Some of the times when she's feeling sensing right. his, she might be wrong about it, but it doesn't matter because right. she knows it's legit that he can he can do this. Um, so that, that kind of worked. And I, and I kind of agree with what you're saying about how the part of this that I didn't like as much wasn't the part that I kind of thought in, the, in like the setup, mm-hmm. like you say, it was more that I thought, um, I just thought the ending, I thought the second half of the film kind of drug and went on a little too long. Um, yeah, they maybe push it a little too far. I mean, at first the, uh, uh, so the second half of the movie becomes a little, a lot more conventional with, chases and and you know murders and so on uh it becomes more conventional uh horror movie stuff right um and i I thought it was you know i was on board with it for a lot of the time uh there is a chase scene that i think goes on maybe a few scenes too long um because once we sort of have the idea um it it just it it sort of extends it a little a a little bit too long it starts Um, to be a little repetitive yeah yeah it gets yeah definitely um, so, uh, but, you know, by that point, I think, you know, having you sort of pay your dues in the first half of this movie, that's really, it really creates this kind of, uh, smothering tension, you know? Um, and really I love, you know, I always love the scene and the point in a movie where I really don't know, you know, I don't even have a guess as to how the person, you know, the hero is going to get out of the situation, you know? Um, that seldom happens in movies uh, as we get into a little bit later. Uh, uh, it's an all too common experience that I watch five minutes of a movie and I know everything about the movie. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, so I'm always, especially a genre movie like this, uh, you know, especially a movie that, you know, I came in with some sort of uh, uh, prejudices against um, it's, it's always uh, I'm always happy if it takes me to a place where I really don't know what's going to happen next. And, and I, I, 
really didn't know what was going to happen next. There was a couple of, uh, there are some uh, twists, some late twists that really got me that I was like, oh, well, I have no idea what that means. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. A concept that often I find frustrating in films where mm-hmm. um, someone's kind of wrongly accused of something, that kind of gets to me at times because it's yeah. like, it's a weird uh, moment in the film where obviously as the viewer we know the truth but nobody else seems to yeah and they do some of that in this but i thought it really I, it actually kind of worked pretty well in this film oh yeah and, yeah um, um kind of reminds me of uh candy man in, in, in terms of uh yeah one of the things that that the villain does is frame the you know mm-hmm. protagonist um yeah um, for their own murders yeah, and I thought that was kind of a interesting in that film, and and to see that work here again was sort of interesting again. Yeah, I um, I, I absolutely agree with that, and I I think that one one thing that uh, that I really like about this movie is is you know uh, uh, it's very common and it's cliche even, but it's a it's a well earned cliche that you know uh, horror movies depend on people doing stupid things, you know, and uh, with with a couple of exceptions, Moss's character. Uh, doesn't do a lot of stupid things. She's pretty smart, and certainly her boyfriend, you know, uh, the boy, the villain Adrian, is smart. Um, he he's concocted a really really clever way to uh, to uh, get his revenge on her. Um, you t- you talk about those scenes where she's accused of of some crimes that he's committed. Um, very often those scenes depend, you know, the sort of uh, uh, drama of those scenes depends on the. Uh, uh, the police being very, very mean to the poor little protagonist. Um, <laughs> right. We don't get that. They don't gild that lily here. They, they, they you know, the, the police seem to be, uh, you know, they've got her. They, they know she did it, and uh, you know, the evidence is overwhelming. And they're actually, they actually seem a little bit sympathetic. They just wanted, wanted to confess now, so they can. No, that's true. Right. Didn't really think about it that way. But um, you're right. So, uh, so yeah, this is just a, and that's just one of the many ways this movie kind of. Uh, subverts cliches and kind of uh, uh, shows us that it it knows what we're expecting and it's it's going to give us something more clever than than what we're expecting um yeah besides the fact that i i really think like an hour and 45 minute cut of this would have been a little stronger yeah Um, you know i think if i would have had fewer distractions as i watched it i I think i would have enjoyed it even more than i did so um yeah, I, I do blame a lot of my uh, lack of enthusiasm for this film for for, for that, and that's <laughs> on your if that isn't an ultimate, uh, if that isn't the ultimate, you know, crying out for us getting back to theaters to watch this type of film. I don't know what is because yeah. uh, right. uh, most of the time I do okay, but that it wasn't working for me when I tried <laughs> to watch this. So, uh, but but yeah, I, I and I do agree that. Uh, uh, you, oh, uh, I would have liked to have seen a little more time with uh, the the villain Adrian uh, before he becomes uh, the Invisible Man uh, to get a better idea of, of the nature of their relationship. I mean, we were told it's abusive. He's very, very controlling. He's very, very jealous and so on. But a little more would have helped. Uh, they do. It's clearly a choice to keep him literally off screen as long as possible. Um I just I'm, I'm not sure that that it's as good that it's uh, as clever a choice as as uh, or effect, as effective a choice. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't oh, think it would have taken a whole good. lot to appease me on this either. I mm-hmm. think it would just just taken a little a little bit more than what what they gave us. Yeah. Um it's a small, fairly small uh uh critique of it though, in yeah. my opinion. Um some of the, you know, all the performances are pretty solid in this. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think uh Elizabeth Moss is just absolutely absolutely wonderful in this. You know, we got uh, Aldous Hodge, who I really liked as uh, Jim Brown in the uh, One Night in Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that's that's where I'd seen him before. Right? You know, this is not not nearly as flashy of a role mm-hmm. as, as yeah. that, but, uh, or, you know, there's not a lot less to it. You know, mm-hmm. This is the thing. But you know, I, th- I thought he was good in this as well. And um, So, yeah, yeah. It, you know, another, another great, I, I can see why um, Elizabeth Moss, you know, chose this role. It definitely is a showcase for. Yeah what she can do yet again it's something different for her you know in a lot of ways yeah and uh i mean one more thing i want to say about this this is really irrelevant i mean who cares about the this kind of thing but let's talk about budget right this movie costs seven million dollars seven million (laughs) dollars you these days romantic comedies cost four times that right but we have we have a really uh kind of action-packed uh, 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 genre movie here uh, with with special effects and everything uh, with a major, you know, a major star um, with, uh, for, get it in for $7 million. I mean, nobody has any excuses. And this movie ends up, uh, even with, it, you know, getting chopped off at the knees by uh, by COVID, this movie's made $143 million before it, uh, before it packed it in. So yeah, uh, that's, that's a um, huge win financially. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Just want to like grab somebody's head, big stupid head and rub their nose in this, or like they, they take some chances on smaller movies. They so once in a while they turn into big hits. Uh, yeah, definitely. So. And and to think that you know the studio you know was trying to have, you know have this whole monster universe thing going. So this is part of that. So um, yeah, you wonder how this movie got made with this type of budget to begin with, you know, you'd think they would have thrown, you know, right. said you got to spend this much at least, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I assume maybe what happened was that, uh, you know, this movie was in development whenever the universal started having cold feet and maybe the producers behind it were like, well, look, we can just do this, you know, we can do this bare bones. You know, it's from, it's from bloom house. So they really know how to make, uh, they really know how to make a movie on a budget, you know. Um, but. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not supposed to, but uh, I sure don't understand the tech they were using to create the invisibility. <laughs> uh, I think that, well, first of all, <laughs> one of the things that I really found refreshing about this this movie is that they there's really no interest at all in the technology, right? He's an optic, optics expert, and he has a suit that turns you invisible. <laughs> right. Sort of the end, right? Yeah, right. Well, I, I think that's some... probably for the best. I mean... Well, right, but like, it's so easy to imagine. I mean, surely they're at some... Uh, point in this screenplay that you know he was giving some sort of presentation to a group of people to you talking about the future of invisibility or something right but you don't need it who cares right um and i i think what uh what's going on there is i think uh the technology is uh uh you're ta- it, it's like the the video invisibility where you're taking picture you're taking an image of what's behind you and sort of projecting it on the front right yeah 
Um, I think that's the idea. Because whenever you, whenever the suit fails, uh, you you have all these what seem to be little cameras. Yeah, um, that's what they seemed like they were they, so, they were going for their cameras. Yeah. One thing that occurred to me while watching this <laughs> was uh, in order to stalk somebody in this manner. You've really got to be a pretty patient dude. <laughs> You're willing to like linger about in a place, you know, for the better part of your day, just to. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I mean, that's, we know about uh, real psychopaths is they really enjoy the, uh, the stalking as much as the, uh, the eating. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, what's funny is, you know, she, she'll have like some kind of, you know, encounter in this film and, uh, and she'll be pretty convinced that something screwy is going on. But then the next scene, she'll be sleeping. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I always hate there must have been a lot of dead time to make, make you think it was safe to go back to bed. Because I sure. Right. Yeah, be. right. Uh, <laughs> it seems at various points in this movie that she sort of forgets her uh, her, her hypothesis that, that he could be anywhere. Right. Because she lets her guard down and then seems to remember. Well, I mean, otherwise it would just be two hours of her in a corner shaking. Right. Right. Yeah. So surrounded by coffee grounds on the floor. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, now, don't get me wrong. You know, there are a couple of sort of dumb horror movie moments in this. Oh, sure. You know, um, that you know, at one point, for no particular reason, she gives a a, a ladder as a present to uh, to a, another character, like a birthday present and or maybe a graduation present, right? And if you think that ladder isn't going to turn out to, to be helpful <laughs> later on, <laughs> you know, you've never seen a movie. It's before. like riding a movie backwards, right? Well, we're going um, to ladder for this scene, but how would this person get it? <laughs> <laughs> they, they couldn't just have had a ladder, right? But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Also, there's another scene where she, where the Invisible Man is covered in paint, and then like a scene later, he's totally washed it off by splashing, uh, splashing himself in the face a few times. Yeah, he must have washed that off in like half a second. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. And he was covered in paint. (laughs) Yeah, I I had that thought too, but I was like, whatever. Right. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be like in Johnny Quest, where they uh, they hit the uh, uh, the Invisible Monster with paint, but then. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there <laughs> actually, maybe that was part of the cost cutting. Maybe there was a scene with uh, uh, maybe there was initially a scene where he was going to be sort of half covered in paint, but they had to, they had to shit can. That <laughs> well, I mean, they, they use they the effects. Like they use the effects that they do use effectively, but they that's, are spa- yeah. fairly sparingly used. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. It, uh... Um. So yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm really, I, I mean, this, this is something I made in my notes is like, uh, I mean, this is perfect Saturday night movie night fair, right? I mean, oh yeah, get some friends or or a loved one, and then uh, you know, bucket of popcorn and uh, have at it. Just it's, make it's, sure your house is quiet. That's all. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> it's funny that you had so much trouble. It's a, I, this just occurred to me. It's funny you had so much trouble uh, with with people being loud around you when you we saw this. I actually went over to a friend's house to watch this last week. And, uh, you know, I, I told her, uh, Hey, you know, it's, uh, we can hang out. And, and, uh, she usually is just, uh, me and her husband watching, uh, watching movies, but she had sort of invited her, her whole, whole family, like her, her couple of, uh, young, uh, preteen sons to watch it with us too. And, uh, you know, they weren't terribly excited about it and they were acting out. So, uh, yeah. So now that I think about it, yeah, I, I rewatched this movie today because, uh, uh, because of that. <laughs> uh, I sort of wanted to enjoy it, but yeah. Um, 
uh, anyway, uh, warning people, um, the world is going to try to mess with you watch enjoying this movie. So uh, seemingly, yes. Yes. So find a uh, f- find a place where people can't annoy you. <laughs> but so. I'm glad that, you know, it's it's kind of it had been on my radar since it came out. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad we finally checked it off the list. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So there you go. The Invisible Man. Two thumbs up. Can we say right. that? Is that copyrighted? Uh, it probably is no, somewhere. They're, but... they're both deceased. So, <laughs> all right. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for the Invisible Man. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Okay. We are back on Cinema Spin for a second segment, and for our second segment, we have 1989, The Burbs. Directed by Joe Dante of Piranha and uh, what Gremlins one and two fame, <laughs> Piranha as well you as know Small him Soldiers. From Piranha. <laughs> yeah, we know everybody knows him from Piranha. <laughs> if you don't, there's something wrong with you, right? <laughs> this movie stars uh, Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher as a couple living in the suburbs, thus the Burbs. The Burbs. The and uh, burbs. it basically entails. Um, a new uh, family moving into the to the um, the cul-de-sac, so to speak, and uh, some of the uh, neighbors become sp- uh, suspicious of uh, their goings on and uh, begin to basically spy on them. This is basically um, uh, rear window for dummies, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you, how did you feel about? Uh, uh, the burbs. I, I, I'm 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 told that this movie has uh, some sort of cult following. That this so this movie didn't do great when it came out. It did okay financially because Tom Hanks was a huge was really at the kind of height of his uh, his well the beginning of the height of his drawing powers. Uh, and but it did poorly critically, and I can yes. see why. Uh, but apparently, it has some sort of present tense relevance to people i was expecting more in terms of that (laughs) um i i mean i i was you so you told me that last week after we we picked this you said this had had something of a cult following um and i i you know uh the internet machine um revealed that that there are an awful lot of bloggers who seem to look back on this movie fondly i guess they were a little bit younger than me and saw it on cable when they were young and impressionable i don't know how you can see this movie and not think of of a million better movies <laughs> some <laughs> of them from that same year <laughs> um i the, there there is nothing about this so, so uh, there's a weird kind of um uh, an allegedly interesting mashup of genres here this is um sort of a dark comedy kind of a suburban gothic situation slight um, horror where, film yeah where it's it's played off as as kind of uh kind of a suspense movie um but uh but also sort of wacky you know a lot of wackiness a lot of wacky neighbors and everything um meaning yes. uh just a truckload of of broad stupid sitcom humor right um you know yeah. you, you have you have a wacky neighbor you have a dog pooping on a neighbor's lawn because you you can't have a, a comedy about suburbia unless there's a, an obnoxious little 
uh, dog pooping on a neighbor's lawn, right? Uh, you have the the long suffering wife and the the man child husband. You have just sort of all the, the these 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 tropes. Um, so, you know, I, I mentioned I made reference to this in our discussion of, the, of Invisible Man earlier. You know, there's this sinking feeling I often get in movies where I see five minutes of it and I'm like, oh no. I know everything about this movie, don't I? And sure enough, this is a movie that I think, you know, I, most comedies tend to be for, you know, pull out of politeness about 90 minutes. This movie's a little longer than most comedies. I think it's roughly um, 18 hours long. Um, <laughs> and it just, fe- you just feel every second. I just felt every second of that because I just know everything about it, right? There's going to be, oh, the weird neighbors move in next door. Well, we're just going to spend the whole movie sort of seeing things that are increasingly more and more ominous about these neighbors until we're absolutely convinced that the neighbors must be it. And then hijinks and then, you know, that they must be weird, then hijinks and then harassment. And then guess what? Twist number one. Oh, it was all in our heads. Uh, The neighbor, the weird neighbors aren't weird at all. We're the weird ones. But then wait, twist number two, the neighbors are weird. Some, they're up <laughs> to no good, right? Um, so, uh, yeah. And well, they were always enough, weird. <laughs> what's that? They're all, they were always weird. Well, yeah, they were always weird, but they're sinister. You know, sinister, they're, they're actually yeah. sinister, right? So there's nothing, there was nothing about this movie I didn't know about from watching the first few minutes of it. Um, another thing that I, <laughs> another thing that I guess as I'm watching it is, you know, a lot of these scenes with these wonderful actors, right? You, you have Tom Hanks, um, you have uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, uh, Bruce Dern, right? Uh, Bruce Dern, actually, you know, all these, we know all these actors are very funny, but um, it seems like a lot of these scenes, they're just kind of making it up as they go along. A lot of the scenes are just kind of uh, aimless and jokeless, right? And not funny. Um, yeah, and, that's... Uh, and as it turns out, this movie actually was shooting during the 1988 writer strike. Um, so the normal punch-ups that you would do during uh, during filming um, uh, couldn't happen. So guess what? A lot of a lot of the dialogue was sort of improvised, and it feels like bad improv. It feels desperate um, and aimless in that way that bad improv uh, feels. Um, so, you know, the idea here is I guess you get some funny people together um, with a mediocre script and they can just work out the details later. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, clearly it's not, that's not enough. I mean, yeah. as, as I watched this movie, I, I, what my takeaway was, it doesn't, there's nothing at all offensive or just horrible about this movie. It just doesn't do anything at all well. Right. The sum of its parts is less than, it's parts, you know what I mean? Yeah, to me. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I know you exactly. Got, you, you you got somehow Tom, adds you got, up to less. You've got Tom Hanks, who, like you said, is pretty much the height of his, at least the comedy side of his career, right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, it was very charismatic, and 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 you know, is somebody people like to watch. But here, he's just, you know, yeah. his character just isn't interesting. He's not. He, he's not somebody you want to root for. He he's basically just doesn't is not that interesting of a character. No. And they give poor Carrie Fisher so little to do in this film, but be the wife, right? Right. right. Um, Bruce Dern is the one character I thought would be more over the top than he was. Um, yeah. And that's not really necessarily a positive. It just is it's just a takeaway. Um, 
the, the there's no likable characters in this film. Yeah. Is at least from my opinion. And yeah. that that was the trouble. I mean, I'm not rooting for anybody here because yeah. I don't care about any of them. Um yeah, this movie just doesn't it doesn't it's not it doesn't do anything horribly, but it just doesn't do anything well. And I think that's... Yeah, yeah. But, but I feel the... the I, I guess the, uh, uh, the cumulative effects of its mediocrity... <laughs> oh, it wears you down over time. Yeah, really wore me down. Oh, over, I, I, I agree. Over 100 minutes long of, of just sort of bumbling around, looking, hoping that, that, that laughs are going to happen. This movie, you know, uh, this movie could use a laugh track. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I would like to watch this movie with one of its cultists uh, just to like listen, hear what parts of this movie they find funny. Because um, I, I, it just seems just you know, so arid. And what's and, interesting is I listened to a podcast on this movie, you know, a few weeks ago while I was doing oh, something really? else. Okay. While I was doing something else. Okay, it's a podcast I listen to sometimes called Retro Blasting. It's called the okay. what is it called? dreamland or something like that okay and it's it's people i know from a youtube channel but they're talking about different topics that they go into and they did a podcast like a two-hour podcast on the burbs and what they more focused on is like its relevance and like its social commentary and i just didn't see much there in terms of that well i i mean i i i you know i think the the cul-de-sac you know is a really good metaphor for the death of the american imagination right oh sure Um, but but okay but how about you make me laugh how how about you amuse me while you're uh, you know while you're getting that that message across um the the problem is the movie you know it's it's about the death of the american imagination but it doesn't have any imagination itself um it's just it's cobbled together from from spare parts of 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 a dozen better movies. Um, yeah, and definitely. It's, it's, and it's way, way too, the, the humor is way too, the attempts at humor are way too broad and sitcom-y to, to end up being any sort of a satire of anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, yeah. Go ahead. I sort of expected it to be bad though. And I just didn't find it that bad. It just wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's the worst to me. This is the worst kind of, movie to have to review under these circumstances well sustained mediocrity is tough to watch yeah well it's the worst kind of movie to have to uh to to have to watch period but also have to watch for a project like this where we're actually discussing it is just the unfunny comedy right the the comedy that's just that's just a, a grinding laughless chore um and uh because what do you i mean i guess we've done pretty well picking this you know fairly well picking this apart now but it's it's hard to sort of know what to say about it except no <laughs> well you know I, I what's funny is i'm glad we watched this though because it's kind yeah. of always intrigued me how this one kind of slipped under my radar through the years yeah you know granted it's 89 so it's the year of batman before batman was out you were anticipating batman <laughs> yeah, yeah and after yeah. batman came out you were watching batman you yeah know? So I guess that's part of it, but, um, you know, this is a year that I did make it to the theater a few times and just as this is definitely not one of the ones I I went to see. Yeah. Well, Um, it didn't, yeah, it didn't bode well for me either that, you know, this is a period in my movie watching history when I was, when I guess this was at the end of the time when I would just watch anything, you know, I was, it was in my, you know, mid teens and would just watch 
absolutely anything. Uh, I, I, you know, this is maybe the beginning of when I was get, beginning to be a little more selective, <laughs> you know, and maybe the first, one of the first movies that I sort of selectively didn't see was, you know, the burbs with Tom Hanks. No, that's not good. Hey, you weren't um, alone, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, to his credit though, I mean, uh, Tom, if, if there's anything at all entertaining about this movie, uh, you get a couple of, uh, uh, moments, you uh, very Tom Hanksy moments, uh, you know, gather around kids. There was a time when Tom Hanks used to do comedies, right? <laughs> and he was quite good at them. Um, there's nothing funnier. There are a few things funnier in the 1980s than watching uh, Tom Hanks throw a hissy fit, right? Um, <laughs> he has these big sort of grand conniption fits and, that are really, really entertaining. And he gets a couple of those uh, in here. Yeah. Other than that, was... the, yeah. One time I remember laughing while watching this is, is toward the end when he kind of uh, gets frustrated and throws himself into the ambulance. I, 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 I uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's During that. Point. But uh, um, other than that, the high point of this movie is a gag where um, a, uh, a character is suspected to be dead and uh, visits uh, Tom Hanks in a dream. And the character has a, uh, a little, an axe through his head. And he's holding his little dog, and the dog has a tiny axe through its head, right? And that, that made me laugh. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, that's about it. Uh, worst of all, the absolute worst thing about this movie is the score by Jerry Goldsmith, um, who is a uh, an Oscar winning uh, composer. Yeah, um, he uh, uh, and uh, for this movie, I guess he sussed this as a tacky pastiche of of better movies. And so rather than write anything good, he just took his uh, iconic score from Patton, the March from Patton, and sort of mutilated it a little bit. And so what you have is um, you have moments where you're like, that's the theme from Patton. And oh, wait, no, it's the it's the Muzak version of the theme from Patton, right? Or it's, it's almost the, the theme from Patton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's this uncanny Valley that I just found like, uh, just, just, uh, glass and a garbage disposal. Just, uh, so, uh, yeah, not good. I noticed a few things that I'm, I'm sort of, uh, to my detriment, unfortunately, I've done a lot of research on some of these sets that they use for these movies a lot of times, you know. Yeah. Like, I noticed the uh, the monster's house in the background a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I don't know why I've taken taken to that extreme, because a lot of times it takes me out of the movies, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, they'll be shooting something, and I'll be like, oh, that's the Back to the Future square, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I probably shouldn't have, <laughs> shouldn't have researched that hard on some of that stuff <laughs> over the years, but... Uh, yeah, I yeah. noticed that. Um, I saw uh, Carrie Fisher sporting a sweet swatch in, in one of the scenes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, remember swatches. And then they were drinking some Stroh's Light, which uh, I don't know if that's a <laughs> defunct beer, but around here you don't see it anymore. Yeah, swatches. God, I remember, I remember when I was in eighth grade, they, everybody had the swatch and you'd get so many bands to put on it that you couldn't see what time it was. <laughs> You get get these little things that would crisscross it. Yeah. I got a couple around here. I I, oh, yeah. I, I buy them when I find them. <laughs> People collect them. Yeah, blast from the past. Still have a I have a soft spot for the, for yeah. the swatch. 
three bucks and swatches. Those were the swatch watches. Those were the big status symbols. I don't think I ever had a pair of Reeboks, but I did manage a few swatches. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think one of the most, like I said, I said this before, but one of the most disappointing things was how little they gave Carrie Fisher to do in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and, and, you know, especially now that we've reached the end of our, uh, supply, you know, national supply of Carrie Fisher, um, <laughs> right. it, it feels especially like a waste, but you know, I'm pretty sure that felt like a waste even at the time. <laughs> well, right. Um, I mean, this is, this is after, um, when Harry met Sally, correct? No, it's before. It's okay. few years before. Oh, was uh, when Harry met Sally ninety? Is that is that or is it something like that? Uh, yeah, maybe ninety one even. Okay. Uh, maybe yeah, ninety one. Well, you know, because her 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 supporting role in that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, her supporting role in that is pretty good. Uh, I don't want to tell tells out of school, but this might have been during the period where she was uh, uh, on the sauce. You know, like wow. was that was struggling with drug addiction. Um, not, not to say that this is, you know, that's an excuse for, for being a movie. No, like I, 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 it's I assume. On, that, yeah, go ahead. It's not on the page for that role there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that uh, that she had a larger, the wife character probably had a larger part that ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, but what a waste! Uh, you know, it's again uh, great, a wonderful actress uh, in in a role that anybody could have done. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it it, uh, um, it was in in a lot of ways about about what I expected, and uh, yeah. But I did I didn't I thought maybe I'd find more of the things that make it a little bit of a cult film. Maybe it's the Corey Feldman aspect. Is that is that what it's going on? Corey Feldman's perpetually painting his parents his non-existent parents' house. Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I uh you know reading over a lot of the the uh, uh reviews of this movie uh of people sort of making that trying to defend it as as being uh, uh ahead of its time or being a you know overlooked movie um they seem pretty general in a lot of cases it seems like they're they're written by people who maybe haven't seen it in a while so maybe they're kind of looking back fondly on a movie that they saw before they had seen a lot of other movies <laughs> Um, well, I mean, that's that's a hard thing to uh, it's hard to compete with that kind of nostalgia, though. I mean, people do yeah. do, do that. Yeah. I mean, if this you know, if you're of, of the age, you know, a little bit younger than you and you and me, uh, uh, where this is maybe the first uh, Tom Hanks movie you saw, you know, um, maybe you, you have, you know, really fond memories of this. Because, um, again, I mean, there's few things as entertaining as him having oh. his little <laughs> his little meltdown. Right. And he gets a few oh. in there. Yeah, and he, he gets he gets some some good licks in, and it, that that is a funny moment when he pulls himself into the, into the <laughs> ambience. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, a couple a couple attempts by the talented actors to polish this uh, polish this turd, but it still stinks. <clears throat> yeah, it, it it just it definitely definitely did wasn't impressive to me. I definitely couldn't uh, couldn't couldn't say to anybody, oh, you got to go see the burbs. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 a fairly you know at least in my mind it was a pretty fairly well known film that I just never saw you know back from that era. Uh, I mean, it was certainly a movie I was I, I was familiar with. Um, but again, I mean, it's 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 a good question why it is I didn't see this movie when it first came out. This is exactly the sort of movie I was I would go to see every week. 
Yeah, I mean, think about how hard it is to avoid a movie like this for your your entire life. You didn't <laughs> see it on cable and watch it for ten minutes or whatever. You yeah. didn't rent it ever. It things it never got slim pickings enough at the video store for you to rent the burbs. Right. <laughs> it, yeah, and it yeah right, and it uh, it must never have been a big staple of cable. You know what I, I I can recall it seeing it like being on TV a few times, but not very much, not mm-hmm. not not very much at all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it didn't do great, so why would they? I, mean, I guess you know this this day and age, you could pretty much make a you know a case that somebody cultly follows almost every movie, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you do a Google search, you're going to be able to find those fourteen. You're going to be able, to, well, maybe not turbulence. You're going to be able to find those fourteen people that think Crazy Mama is the best thing that ever ever was made. You know, yeah, um. <laughs> or a kiss before dying, or whatever. Any of this, crap. yeah, we've all of those movies <laughs> we were we were told have a cult following. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess that oh, that'll right. do it for the burbs, in my opinion. Unless you have yeah. some last minute. I'm going to go back to. I'm going to try to remember to to forget that I saw this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish it invoked that strong of an emotion with me. I was just so underwhelmed by it. You know. Yeah. I. I, I, I was. Like I said, cumulative effects of its mediocrity yeah i, I was yeah. underwhelmed to the point of distraction eventually you know just, <laughs> it yeah it's never, definitely one of those never, movies. never built any momentum at all it's just it's definitely one of those movies where you uh um uh you can feel yourself like you know lo- uh, looking at the wall <laughs> <laughs> you know you can find your you find yourself sort of daydreaming you know um uh, looking forward to your bathroom breaks. <laughs> right. Ooh, when this is over, I'm going to get a drink. <laughs> right. Well, I can't be thirsty enough to go back to get, get another drink. So, All yeah. Right. Uh, be- best forgotten. So, <clears throat> I think so. It definitely um, doesn't need to be become the next big thing. And I don't think there's any <laughs> chance that it will. Yeah. Oh, I'm hitting some randomness. Randomness. Oh, randomness. oh well, wow. that took us by surprise. There was it took me by little... surprise. Very little. Uh, I think we're losing crazy. control. Yeah! Wow, the randomizer's like we're uh, we got to move this along, guys. Speak of the devil, it is. Oh boy, nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah. Eyes of Laura Mars. Eyes of Laura Mars. Huh. A uh, a horror movie thriller situation, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Nineteen. Get another one. I've Eyes of Laura Mars. Yeah. Interesting. Faye Dunaway film. Interesting. Yeah. Faye Dunaway. Right. Well, that's going to be it then. Eyes of Laura Mars next week for the random film. Okay. And I believe we're going to have a couple of reviews um, for you next week. Uh, I believe we're going to review The Father with Anthony Hopkins. Yes. And uh, one of us is going to review, uh, maybe both of us, I don't know, we'll have to see, the (laughs) Snyder Cut of the... uh, the already out there Justice League. At least one of us will have seen the Snyder somebody uh, next week. Ideally, exactly one of us. Am I one of those people that that think that uh, the Snyder Cut is going to save the DC universe? Find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. 
So uh, yeah, we're gonna try try something maybe a little different next week. Uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, reviewing things kind of on our own. Um, Just a little bit. It's not something I don't think we're gonna make a staple of the show, but uh, right, because right. of the way it happened, you know. Right. Um, there are just some things that we won't do. Um, and uh, the other one is uh, when it comes to some things, a little braver. Uh, one of us is a little bra- braver than the other on certain things. And so we're going to switch Well, you know, switch it, it as much as it is that, it's the 40-minute drive to get to the to get there, too. That, oh, right. Yeah. yeah you know what right, I mean? That's right. kind of a problem. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I, I was actually referring to uh, to you sitting through four hours of, uh, of, of the Snyder. Oh. That's what I meant by Oh, courage. my God. I forgot how long that thing is supposed to be. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. So, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. But we're committed oh. now. I mean, <laughs> we've said it here on the air. So uh, oh, I, I look forward to your uh, to your thoughts. Uh, oh. I've already seen the father. So, uh, so oh, I don't that know is anyone. not cool. <laughs> I forgot oh. about that. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Well, if I survive that, we'll both be here with a new episode <laughs> next week. So, okay. Hey, thanks Good night, for, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Um, hey, I'm going to say it. If you do have any questions or comments for us, uh, uh, cinemaspin2020 at gmail.com. You can also leave a message for us at the anchor.fm site for uh, Cinema Spin. Um, we also have Facebook, and I think we've got Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions or comments or or if you watch us, if you, if you listen to the show on Apple iTunes, you can uh, leave us a review. That helps us out. Uh, or any uh, any any one of the, the sites for podcasting that allow you to leave a review. If you do it for us, uh, it does help us out a lot. And if... Uh, Maybe we'll read it on the air. Yeah. You're not going to hurt our like that are a huge deal to us. So, yeah. So, Please thanks, Elian, for listening. I know we already said that, but I'll, I'll do it one more time and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>